Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you're um, on the east coast of the United States, if you are on the west coast, Washington State, California, Netherlands, we have listeners this week in Belgium. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for giving your time and your interest into anything that we might talk about here. Um, we're, we're laboring to hear the word of the Lord in this hour. We believe the Spirit is still speaking. Nothing's changed. God's oracles are still going out into the earth. What we're told in the Bible where, where Yahweh God does nothing without first revealing it to His prophets, we believe that that is still intact. His voice is speaking to anyone who has ears to hear. And that's our, our calling, right? Is, is to be ones positioned and postured to hear the word of the Lord. And then rightly sit on it, meditate upon what we hear and how we hear it, and then know what to speak. To know what to, to allow to come out of our mouths. And to make it into the ears of other people, whether on this journey or yet to begin it. And that's up, for, that's up for the Father to determine. That's up to Him to decide. You know, I had this discussion with some brothers um, earlier in the week about, you know, just the mentality of casting your pearls before swine and you know, I just felt a real caution that, like, we need to be careful that, like, we don't have some internal swine gauge <laughs> where, according to my understanding, according to my perception, according to my definition, you're not worth me sharing the word of my testimony. You know, we need to really be careful with that, and, and we have to make sure that in our heart, we're not looking for ways and reasons to discard people, write people off. I am in no way saying that that is not true, that there are not, I don't know, examples of that in our life. But man, we, we have to be careful. We're not quick to just say, nope, nope, not you, not you, definitely not you. We need to be sure, first and foremost, we're walking as spiritual men, not leaning on our own understanding to define who is postured in any way to receive this good news reality, the, the entire timeline of God's movement and actions for men, what Stephen recited the account of Stephen at the stoning and ending of his life. People need to hear. People need to know. I mean, now let's use those, those teachers of, of the laws of men that wanted to have Stephen put to death and ultimately did put him to death. Now, were those men not completely undeserving of hearing the oracles of God, the testimony and, and the witness 
of the entire dealings with Yahweh God with humanity up to that point, Stephen could have rightly said, man, these men don't even deserve to hear what is true. Now what they did with it, it made them vehemently angry. It made them seething with rage. But you know what? We're not, we're not in charge of people's response. The truth is the truth, period. And as I'm always saying in here, because I feel like part of my calling is to remind each one of us, none of us know absolute perfect truth. The Word is truth. Yes, we, we study to show ourselves approved. We give ourselves to unearthing and defining truth rightly the best that we can. But we never possess absolute truth from a place of rightful judgment in the sense of we sit upon a throne of righteousness and judgment. Executing God's judgment is for himself. We rightly bring the truth that we know to anyone who has ears to hear and would listen. And it does its work. It does its own work. Our job is presentation. Our job, yes, we can call things as they are, but you know what I'm always saying? Look, start in the mirror. It is a full-time job. Start in the mirror. And when we get to a place of sanctification, clean hands, pure hearts, and we keep that intact, then we can start venturing out a little bit with great caution and great hesitancy to approach any other in correction, admonition. Man, man, what a what a a weighty call to bring truth to anyone else and to be used to open any eyes. But man, may we just be careful. Like literally minutes ago, I had a conversation with a Christian woman and she had no ill intent. She didn't mean anything bad by it. But we were talking about like the inclusion of the body of Christ. And, you know, she and her husband were talking about me specifically and said, you know what? We serve the same God. We're all the same. We're all in this body. And then this is the phrase I'm getting at. And, and then she said, but everybody else out there, whoo, boy. Oh, man. Now, that's all she said. And that's no big deal. But like, here's the thing, right? We're jaded towards everyone who's not like us and even towards those who are not in the people of God, who aren't in Messiah. And even, if we're honest, even towards many who are. And I know I talk about this all the time in a hundred different ways, but friends, we have to be careful that we don't brand ourselves elite. This sect of Christianity knows the truth. This sect of Christianity knows the truth. This sect of Christianity is pleasing to God. This sect is, you know what I mean? This denomination, this movement, this belief system, this doctrinal position. Look, man, I'm telling you, this year has been completely about everything that flows down out of me just walking in a different place of humility of saying, you know what, I feel like I know some truth, but like, all I can do is bring you what I know and what I believe. 
Well, if God's word says it, then it's truth, brother. You stand on that unwavering. I'm not wavering. I'm just saying that like everything that we do, that we present, that we even take on as personal belief and doctrine, it's a gift from God. It's a gift from my Father. And if I understand one lick of it, it's because of His goodness and His kindness that He would give revelation to any man, especially someone like me. It's not my possession. It's not mine. (laughs) That's what I had the revelation of for me individually and and with my wife at our immersion, our baptism, our mikvah cleansing last fall was the revelation of my covenantal agreement with the Father is me joining myself with the death of the covenantal death of the Son. His covenant, His vow, His commitment to the Father that was perfect without flaw. He is the personification of perfection. The Son, not me, not me. Again, we talk about all the time, we join into his death. We make the exchange of our life for his life, as we talk about. Anyone who loses his life for the sake of the Messiah finds it. Why? Because he is life. He is abundant life. He's the giver of life. He is truth. He is perfection. So we strive, we labor, we give ourselves for the rest of our days, incrementally, day by day, becoming more like Him. He is our hope. He is our trajectory. He is our goal, His image. And we're all in different places of that journey, and it would do us great, great good, I believe, to be more patient and forgiving with one another. And if you knew me, you'd know what a, what a big deal that is for me to say those words. Because I'm hard. Because I'm serious. Because I'm very sober. Because I'm very attentive to the demand and the call of being sanctified into the image of the Son. And abandoning the ways of the world. Denying myself. Challenging you to do likewise. Hey, come on, let's go. Let's be more single-minded. Let's be more set apart. Let's be more distinct. Let's give more of our lives. But you know what? I fail. I myself don't always cling to my own advice, which is true now. (laughs) But let's just be honest. We are not the example alone. We are all hopefully moving towards the likeness of the Son. So this morning in our whiteboard teaching time, and this is such an awesome segue, right, what I've just been talking about for the last 10 minutes. Our verse this morning was Paul speaking to the church at Philippi in chapter 1, verse 23 and verse 24 specifically. But I, Paul, he's speaking to the church, to those in the church now, I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Okay, so he's presenting this two-sided issue, this wrestling, 
this pressing the two sides. Well, one side is I have a great desire to leave you, to get out of here, to depart, and to be with my Messiah. That is surely much better than being here with y'all, as if that needs stated. Yet, the other side, to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. So Paul, if, and again, let's make this real life now. Paul, place him in whatever setting you learn, you are taught, you teach. Paul, the teacher, is addressing the church. The Philippian church hears Paul's wrestling in his heart, which is, you know what, man, there is nothing greater I would rather fulfill right this second than going and being in the presence of the Messiah. Oh man, I would. There's nothing greater than I that I would rather be doing right now than being in the presence of Yeshua the King, which would demand I depart here and depart y'all, leave y'all here, in order to be with Him. So he knew the disconnect. He knew the pulling from both directions, from both sides. And he wrestled with that. (laughs) And he rightly understood that if he got what he really wanted, which was being in the presence of the king, which is, of course, very much better, I would no longer be able to remain here in the flesh and be here for your sake. And so what did he do? He counted the cost like we're always talking about in this season. Shaul counted the cost, y'all. And he said, you know what? Man, it would be so much greater to be out of this body of flesh and to be with my king. I've already encountered him on the road when he blinded me and it drove me to my knees. When I hit my face and my eyes were blinded, And the great rabbi said, why in the world are you persecuting me, Shaul? What are you doing? I've seen him. Oh, man, he's glorious. He's radiant. He's such a blinding light. Who can look at him? I've seen him, you know, right? So he knew. Oh, man, in his case specifically, I would so much greater enjoy and love and cherish encountering my king once more in fullness on the other side. But I know that if I were to do that, I would no longer be in this body of flesh. And in order for me to help you, to serve you, to teach you, to train you, to help continue to bridge the gap between God and man... Pre-cross, post-cross, in order to unite these two worlds, which is, the, of course, the calling of Shaul to begin with. That's what he was on the earth. That's what he existed for. Was to connect the perpetuity of the, of the laws and the feasts, the Sabbath, 
and to merge that with the culmination of the ages at the time, which was the coming Messiah, who came and fulfilled and accomplished every last jot and tittle of what was foreshadowed in order to enable man and empower man to continue on what the people of God had always been doing in perpetuity, empowered now by the God-man, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, which was his message. Hey, Gentiles, you can go into the Holy of Holies. In fact, guess what? You can be the tabernacle of God. You can house the God of Israel and be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. What a message. What a calling Paul had. And in whatever increment, to whatever measure, he understood. I exist for this. What? To be in flesh and blood. I exist to be in a body of flesh for your sake. To help you merge these worlds that like, and what did he say? To reflect back on more recent teachings I've been doing about that specifically, even within the Passover understanding, is Shaul came and he said, you know what? You've got to listen to what I'm saying because as soon as I'm out of here, you're going to be invaded by lies. You're going to be invaded by myths and traditions that are not the traditions of your forefathers. They are, in fact, different. They're they're the traditions of men who say, guess what? Forget the feasts. Forget the calendar of Yahweh. Sabbath, Shabbat, uh uh-uh. No, now now it's just a Sabbath rest. It's not a literal day anymore. These wolves, is what he called them, are going to come in and they're going to eradicate the world from the Jewish mindset and perspective. And friends, listen, is that not absolutely what has taken place? The church did not listen to Shaul's, Paul's warnings. We ourselves have become ignorant. We didn't know. We didn't get it. As I've said in past teachings, that's why Peter said, look, y'all, be careful about these teachings of Paul. Oh, man, be careful. Who can understand? Who can rightly divide? And who can rightly ascertain what in the world Paul was talking about? Oh, friends, please be careful to not just assume you know what he was saying. You probably don't. That's what Peter warned us. He speaks weird. He speaks in mysteries. He's an interesting, (laughs) he's he's a very intricate man. And he's speaking from a mindset you probably won't understand to people with a mindset that you may not grasp. And friends, it would do us good to listen to what Shaul Paul told us and taught us and warned us and said, you know what? In this case, in Philippians chapter 1, Look, by example now, not just a mere teaching with three PowerPoint messages, but by demonstration by his life, look, I, this is how I hear it, and, and this is subject to opinion, or interpretation at the least. But could we not say that at least a facet within this, Paul was saying, listen, You're going to want to be out of here. 
you're going to want to get out of here and go off to sweet Beulah land, the sweet by and by, to be with your king. But listen, do what I'm doing. Deny yourself. Remain. Remain. I think this is a hard issue because, well, we could say, well, is he suicidal? Is he wanting to advance his, you know, is he wanting to speed up his meeting the Messiah? Is he wanting to terminate his natural life? I wouldn't think that he's talking about that. I think he's just talking about our heart. He's talking about the posture of why we get up in the morning and go out and live out in these bodies of flesh. Why? Listen, I would say without question, the modern day church, and this has been this way, I would say, probably for thousands of years, we're infatuated so much with self-preservation, self-comfort, and self-relief, we forget that we yet remain in these bodies of flesh for the good of the brethren, for the building up of the, of the body. We have a term on our farm that, that I'm, I'm sure I didn't come up with the idea, but I don't know about the name. <laughs> I call it consumer animals. I don't want consumer animals on my farm. Consumer only. You know what I mean? They're all consumers, but like, I don't want just farm pets. I need, I need animals with a purpose. A return. I need animals that will, will be given feed, water, fencing, Medicines, if need be, accommodations, in order to bring about a return. I don't have the financial stability to just throw all of these things at animals just because I like having animals. We could do that, and that would be fun, but it would be a detriment to us. Well, it'd be fun, and you know, your son. Well, of course, it would be recreational, but I'm talking about like unto a purpose beyond like enjoyment. And within this principle, I think we find some error within the modern-day church. I think we're just consumers. We're consumer-minded. Feed me, feed me, feed me, sustain me, entertain me, bring me comfort. You know what? Just don't bother me outside of that. All I'm doing is hold up in my house, again, spiritually speaking, internally speaking. You know what? Hey, Every man for himself. Mind your own business. I'll mind my own business. Let's just talk about how we love one another in Jesus while the whole world, the church included, falls to pieces. Hey, every man for himself. Let's just sing page 271 in our hymn book about Beulah Land, about rapture. Man, I've been teaching on the rapturitis mentality for 15 years. 15 years now. And I always say, look, where you are doctrinally, where you are positionally, where you are according to scriptural understanding is really irrelevant. It has its place, of course. But I'm always talking about let's look at your heart issue. Let's look at the posture of your heart and ask the question, why do you want out of here? Why do you not want to endure anything? Why are you unwilling 
to be a man who endures to the end, which we're told in Scripture is clearly the man who will be saved, rescued, and delivered, is the one who goes to the end. What about that? What about enduring alongside other brothers that you may not agree with, that you may not even like? What do we do? Well, most of the church, eh, I need to find a church that, you know what, fits me better. You've heard that term, right? You've probably said it yourself. I have. I need to find people who more suit me, dress like me, talk like me, do what I do, don't do what I don't do. And we gravitate, if we're not careful, towards personal preference, which is what? To me, it's a form of rapturitis. I need comfort. I need left alone. I need sucked out of whatever the events and conditions and circumstances of this now moment on the earth are. Hey, just get me out of here. I'm telling you, I think I could never... I could never say as sternly as I feel the warning towards people who are banking entirely on the rapture doctrine. I think think a real reckoning day is coming for the people who are just looking to the sky and waiting to be zapped up with their clothes on the ground. I do not see it, scripturally speaking. Look at the patterns of the Word of God where the evil are removed from the world. The righteous remain. And you do know we have been made for earth, right? You will rule and reign alongside Yeshua Messiah King on a, on a new heaven and a new earth. A new earth. Earth. <laughs> I think it would do us good to check our heart towards our desire for escapism. And again, in this In this text specifically, Shaul is saying, listen, y'all, I'll be honest. If we put this in modern-day terms and I'm standing in front of you and your congregation, no matter what it looks like, whether it's a living room, a backyard, an ornate sanctuary, wherever it is, and I have the privilege to stand up and open my mouth and say anything, I could with great honesty and clarity say, oh, man, Instead of being here and look at you right now, in this building, in this environment, oh, how I would rather be with the Messiah. Oh, man, how I would rather be looking into the face of my beautiful king. Of course. Of course that would be true. But, as Paul stated, if we can be like him in this way, yet... I know that if I remain in the flesh, I can help you. I can be alongside you. I can encourage you. I can be encouraged by you. I can teach you something. You can teach me something. If we are alongside one another, devoted, part of the brethren, in the likeness and in the image of the invisible Son, the image of the invisible God. In the plurality of the body of Christ, the global, eternal, perpetual body of Christ, which is the people of God, man, that is also desirable. Because if I remain, 
I have a purpose in the here and now that's greater than just myself. Because I know that reward's coming. I'm going to see the king. But listen, once I'm out of this body of flesh, friends, listen to this, and then we're going to bring this to a close. Once you leave this earth, you're not coming back in this way. Once your body breathes its last, you will not be back for a do-over. You will not be able to do this again in the same measure, in the same way, in the same body of flesh. This is all we have. If that does not stir your spirit and provoke you to being more sober-minded, I don't know, friend, whatever would. Why are we told, oh, friends, please make the most of every opportunity today. Preach the kingdom. Speak truth. Speak life. Speak blessing. Open your mouth and speak the oracles of God. Fast. Pray. Deny yourself. Give your possessions away. Give your money away. Give to the church. Give to your neighbor. Cost yourself something. Why? Because while we yet remain, like Paul said, we are necessary. We're necessary for the sake of others. Friends, if there's not someone in your life that's absolutely dependent upon your spiritual condition, I'm just telling you, there's something flawed. If you are, in fact, in the people of God, if there's no one else in your life that's dependent upon your spiritual maturity, I would say there's a facet that's lacking in your purpose. Because we say all the time, well, in, within the body of Christ, you're the arm, I'm the finger, you're the foot, I'm the eye. We say those things. But do we really think about how dependent these parts of the body are upon one another? Friends, listen, there is a place for you. You are necessary. And others in your life, you need to see them also likewise equally as much necessary for you to get to where you need to go. It's time for us, it is so time for us to burn to ashes this me and Jesus business. Well, it's just me and Jesus, brother, and it's just you and Jesus, and hey, fist bump, we're all the same. We're all just trying to get to Beulah land. Oh, this evil, fallen, nasty, horrible world. Man, I hate it down here. Oh, I do too. Can't wait to leave all these heathens behind and shoop, get sucked up to walk arm in arm with Brother Jesus. No way. No way, no how. It's too small. There's something greater in the here, <coughs> excuse me, in the here and now. Paul taught that to the Philippian church. Yes and amen. I would so rather be looking into the eyes of my Savior right here, right now, but you know what? You're worth it. You're worth my time. You're worth my laboring. You're worth my heart's posture to postpone my meeting my king. This is worth it. Friends, and I'm telling you, I don't have time to go into all that, but this is right here front and center in my life this morning with an opportunity that's before me to really give up some things, to really deny myself, and you know what? I'm going to do what Paul said. I'm going to be like him. I'm going to be like my Messiah King who is the suffering servant, loved not his life unto death, 
and laid himself low in order to serve other people. Well, what about my garden? Serve other people. What about the work that needs done on my house? Serve other people. What about my son's basketball league? Serve other people. What about that book I'm writing? Serve other people. What about going out to dinner and going to the movies when that time comes back around again in America, if it should ever, and globally speaking? You know what, Joel? Serve people. Well, what about going to the baseball game tomorrow? Serve people. You get what I'm saying? I don't mind that people think that's too much. I don't mind. We call each other higher. We call each other higher. I believe that's why we yet remain. Say, you know what? It's okay. I count it all joy, brethren. I count it as joy to suffer, to deny myself alongside the brethren in the people of God through Yeshua Messiah. Right? It's a privilege. May it not be a detriment in me or you or any one of us. May we rightly approach the Father in humility, in repentance, and say, Oh, God, help me to not see this as something detrimental to me. Well, all the stuff I don't get to do. Oh, man, Lord, help me. Purge me. Clean us up from this, from this it's just selfish behavior. It's pride, and it needs to go. So, friends, let's do it. Let's give ourselves to one another. Let's take the example of Shaul in Philippians to the church there at Philippi and say, you know what? I'm going to be like that. I'm going to count it all worth it to postpone my heart's posture for getting sucked out of here and get, get relief as soon as possible because I'm here for a reason. And it may just be for you and for you and for you. Let's hear what the Spirit's saying. And let's then do it, okay? Let's be the people of God. Go to pathtozion.com. Like us on Facebook. Share these messages, please. If you feel like this resonates with your spirit and like, yes, we, the, the corporate church, we need to do this. Would you please just simply copy a link and post it in your Facebook? Share the thing, right? I'm telling you, the few times that people share these messages, these teachings, these thoughts, I'm telling you, the hits quadruple by one person. When one person shares it, it is really that simple. So friends, would you please consider sharing this to your friends and your family? Please. This is part of why we exist, to spread the word, the good news, that you know what? There are men on the earth today that have been regenerated. We used to be in the domain of darkness and we've been transferred to the kingdom of the sun and the marvelous light. And you know what? We have something to say. We have something to speak about. So do that today, won't you? Go to YouTube as well. Look up Path to Zion Podcast. Find some stuff there. Have a good day. Be blessed. Amen.